So, uh, hello everyone. This is uh, Are We Podcast Yet? Uh, a new podcast about Rust programming language. And um, my name is Vijay. And uh, my co-conspirator of this um, podcast is uh, Mr. Wouter. Hi. Um, hello, Wouter. Hey. Yeah. So, um, so uh, we were just talking about... Um, the the languages and uh we both are interested in rust and um i think a month ago uh we met at uh, heart of closure conference closure is a programming language uh <laughs> a lisp yeah, uh, on jvm yes and uh, so Walter, we met there and um uh, we were talking about different programming languages and we met uh, um a rustation there and in the evening discussions, we were talking about Rust. And then in Rust community, you have this, um, we have this idea of, are we web yet? Or are we, uh, what are the things? Are we ML yet? Or, yeah, I think so. That exists as well. Yeah, exactly. So we were thinking um, a nice podcast for Rust could be, are we podcast yet? And um, Walter and I, um, so Walter, you got the idea. <laughs> yeah. And then we checked the domain it was available and we bought it. And so we feel like now we're on the hook to actually do the podcast. So <laughs> exactly. um, this is episode zero. Um, like some background uh, is that we've been, or at least like VJ has been running the Defen podcast for no, I mean, years. it's fair to say you're also part of the gang. So Yeah, yeah but I, I prefer that I'm definitely not the uh, the face of it. Um, <laughs> or, or the voice of it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. More importantly. Um, yeah. And uh, I mean, so that podcast is, is sort of um, like essentially every two weeks or so, a set of interviews with sort of the unsung heroes of that community. And uh, yeah. essentially, um, we we were thinking that you know the since we were both interested in Rust and we we started learning it and we started um, engaging in the community, we we saw a lot of similarities between you know um, or at least I saw a lot of similarities uh, between like the activity inside of the community, and so we we thought that it would be a you know good idea to sort of bring the concept that we've been doing for closure for a long time um into rust and try to do interviews with with you know um some of you know some rustations rustations yeah you know some hopefully some famous ones and um also like a lot of maybe less famous ones um because <laughs> are, are the people who, who must be famous anyway yes exactly <laughs> exactly. exactly like hopefully yeah. we can bring them fame you know you know yeah <laughs> Um, and, and that's, I, I don't know, that's really the, the, you know, the elevator pitch, I suppose, of, of this podcast, you know, where exactly. hopefully yep. I get to shut up for most of the time and, uh, we can have oh, more, both of us. <laughs> yeah, more clever people, <laughs> um, you know, explain, explain, um, the things they're passionate about or how some of their libraries came to be or, Really, 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 just anything that that strikes their fancy, um, yeah. and we can all learn in the process. Exactly. I think the um, so for for the people who might be from closure community, who any uh, by any off chance listening to this podcast, so 
um, me and uh, another uh, Ray McDermott, we we have been doing DEFEN for almost three years now and talking to lots of interesting closure programmers um, and closureians, how we call it. And uh, it has been a phenomenal learning experience and it continues to be. Every time we talk to these awesome people, we, we learn plenty of stuff. So I think in a way, uh, it's a secret agenda of uh, me and Wouter is that we want to talk to a lot of frustrations and then learn as quickly as possible. And and, in the, and during the process, we put this podcast um, outside, uh, publish it, and then so other people who want to learn can have fun too. Um, so that's the, that's the basic idea. Um, maybe, uh, Wouter, uh, perhaps it would be good to tell people what you do and uh, how did we end up getting interested in Rust? Um, so I'm a software developer. Uh, daytime um i mostly work on backend systems so like like traditional well not necessarily traditional but just like web backends for various different different systems and over the course of the years i've worked in uh a number of different languages so from java node.js over closure um and like the last year i've been mostly working in go um, mm-hmm. and I kind of have a, have a keen interest in, um, I don't know, I was going to say infrastructure, but that's maybe not the right term, but probably but systems it, programming. Yeah, or? exactly. Sort yeah, of yeah. systems yeah. program is, is kind yeah. of the thing that I, that I quite like to do and, and generally end up doing, uh, yeah. anyway, just it's the kind of problems that interest me. Um, and so naturally uh, Rust popped up on on my radar. Uh, I think for me about a year and a half ago. It's like when mm. I really, I mean, when it really sort of um, came into like my my news feeds and I started tinkering with it. Um, and yeah, you know, I've experimented on the side with it. Uh, like read the you know the the book. <laughs> basically <laughs> um <laughs> and uh wrote a few uh like wrote a few hello world type programs just to sort of get myself familiar familiar with um yeah. with the language and sort of what i can do and what the trade-offs are um and it's been uh it's been a great experience um yeah but how do you um i'm, I'm just curious because I, I never tried go actually um uh so compared to go what so, like a completely new person, like a lay person like me who has never tried Go before, uh, what are the main big differences that you found between them? I think Rust so is, Go a, is garbage collected. Or, yes, Go is know. garbage collected. Um, ah. So it has uh, it has a very lean garbage collector, but it is garbage collected. Um, okay. And then, kind of Go has. Um, a very light type system. Like there's, mm-hmm. uh, I think the authors sort of say like there's just enough type system to make everything work, basically. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of part of its strengths, but also part of its weakness, I feel. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, think the Go doesn't have generics, right? Or maybe there's, it there's has no generics. Since, uh, nope. last nope. week. Or... <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> no, like there's no, uh, there's no generics and there's no... Okay. Yeah, like no, no option types or any any higher order types that that um, 
you might be used to. But it's also not a dynamic language. So yeah, you definitely yeah. do need to type things and you mm-hmm. typically work with structs. And um, um, a way I've put it is I feel Go has been designed for a very particular set of problems. Yeah. Um, and if you're solving those problems, then Go is a very productive and very fun to use language. Like you can do a lot with limited amount of code. Um, yeah, but it, it kind of exploded in uh, in usage, right? I remember like um, every system tool. <laughs> um, we used to have um, uh, ACK for which is a replacement for grep. Yeah. Um, and then somebody started making uh, like a Go port of it, and, and Go has been used practically everywhere. And then Docker and probably kubernetes as well i'm not sure if yes. kubernetes is ported to go now or yeah it's a huge chunk that's a huge chunk in go yeah. i mean yeah. so i think main reason for that is kind of it you know the area it's built for is um, um web servers um you know yeah. handle a lot of concurrent connections um mm. and that's sort of what a lot of people are building um, and then the yeah. other advantage that it has is it compiles into a you know statically linked binary, um, yeah. so it makes shipping your application easy because like oh here's an elf have fun, um, yeah, yeah. and cross compilation is also trivially easy like you set two environment variables on the Go tool chain and like you cross compile to ARM or um, any or Windows or Windows on ARM I'm not sure if that combination yeah. actually works but um, yeah. That's, that, that's, that's sort of the, the idea. For Windows, yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so I think the combination of those two has, you know, those are really the sweet spots for that language, right? If you mm-hmm. want to make some command line tool or some that that's easy to, you know, work standalone and ship around, that that works fine. Or you're making something that looks like a web server, where you kind of are doing a lot of I/O and and, yeah. and shuffling that, and so yeah. the concurrency kind of makes that really nice. But if what you're doing is a lot of data manipulation, then yeah. you know you're in for a really bumpy ride. You know, like there's yeah, just yeah. it's not a dynamic language, so you don't have those tools like you would in Clojure. But there's yes. also not really a powerful type system to represent things easy. There's no generics. There's no so like if you get go out of like the the golden zone then mm. it it very quickly becomes hard to be productive in it i i find um, do, do they call it golden zone like go golden zone uh, no not <laughs> at all like, that's my term over. for it <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. Hey, here's the box <laughs> where you need to stay in to be effective with this language um so go has this golden zone so you need to stay in that zone go golden yeah zone. <laughs> that's Maybe. a nice pun and like, i i you know and to a certain extent i feel Rust is similar. There's mm-hmm. a set of problems that this has been designed to solve very well. Um, yeah. And I've I've viewed um, like Rust and Go sort of complementary because up until very recently, like there was no real you know um, the concurrency support was iffy. Like if you wanted to do a web server, you were doing the thread-based model, right? So now there's async await, and so all of this is improving rapidly, which is so often the case with Rust. But Mm. for Mm. a long time, it it felt to me that sort of the things that you could build very quickly in Go were 
harder to build in Rust. Uh, and then yeah. sometimes the other way around as well. Like, for, I mean, obviously anything where um, a, gar- a garbage collector is a non-starter, Rust is like the ideal case. And I also yeah. feel like the command line utility space that that Rust is really going up there. Um, That's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so yeah. But I, 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 so, so for us is for me being a, a you know hobby thing, spare time thing. I haven't used it in anger in production, um, <laughs> and I generally sort of defer judgment on what something is good at or bad at until I have. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean that that's the that's the sneaky this is the sneaky way of us uh, learning more and more rust right I mean, this is, oh yeah uh, definitely this is certainly um a way so m- my experience comes i mean i i've been writing java for our jvm related stuff for i think 18 years now um i started with visual c++ desktop development long time ago and then uh, later i switched to java and then uh, scala and closure so mostly i've been i've been in this um buffer zone of garbage collected languages I think the only language that I used that didn't have garbage collection was uh, Object to C because I was building some iOS app at some point. Hmm. Um, and then they had uh, ARC, um, automatic reference counting, so, something of that sort. Um, so that's pretty much my uh, my experience. So mostly garbage collected languages. So never had to malloc or never had to worry about uh, memory myself. Um, only when it's gonna go. Uh, it's it's going to blow up in the production. <laughs> so, which happens, yeah, yeah a few times. Um, and and I think just like you, I got interested in, in in Rust. I somehow Go never piqued my my interest. Um, perhaps because I was not doing any uh, systems, quote unquote, systems programming. So, but Rust has been. In my view, because especially because um, it's the, the funny thing is, I started using RipGrep, the, the mm. RG, uh, a repl- replacement for for Grep, mm. um, not replacement, but advanced, uh, written in Rust, and I was blown away by the speed. And then uh, later, I switched to um, this uh, terminal emulator, um, Alacrity, mm. Alacrity, yeah, uh, that one, and that's blazingly fast. And I'm like, wow, this stuff is really good and and then i knew that this has been made in rust and i've been following rust a bit and i was actually the one of the things that i was uh, super impressed is that the entire language has been made and then uh, a very complicated uh, program like a browser engine like Ser- was it servo um, made by firefox folks yes, in Mozilla. i think it's servo yeah yeah so they and, and the css engine whatever that was ported to rust and like wow, this is this is really cool. I mean, I've never uh, tried, or in the recent times, never tried a systems programming language. And mostly, I I, I work in Clojure and um, I work in Scala, Python, big data stuff as well. Um, and then I kept following this Rust community people and um, a couple of uh, blog posts and uh, libraries and. Um, as I said, the command line utilities, as you're talking about, Walter, like I use bat instead of cat. That's uh, the whole user experience of these people who are building these tools. And it, it really excited me. So I wanted to try it out. So uh, just like you, I, I went through book, I think, once, which means I didn't get anything. <laughs> so I'm going <laughs> to try reading it again and again. Um, 
and uh, finally i think last week or a week ago i was able to publish my first uh, very tiny crate that is going to show some git status so uh, the whole experience was super smooth and i like okay i want to learn more about this language because i can build extremely fast programs and um, compared to something that is on jvm uh, my not 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 to say that jvm programs are are uh, slower but there are trade offs that we make right yeah the um, the startup time yeah. and garbage collection pauses and those kind of things it, it it for me it feels like it you know lacks the immediacy so yeah. so the thing that that i built to to learn because i need to build something to learn something if i just read yes. the book yeah. it doesn't really work and, totally i mean it's the same thing for me yeah and and so i you know i tried to build like some of the stuff that i do at work which is web servers and uh and like at that time and this, this is a year and a half ago you know are we web yet was um was i think was answered with maybe um yeah. <laughs> and so i thought like ah, this is maybe not like the best way to 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 get into it and uh, i ended up actually building a tool that automates uh my expense reports Ooh. um <laughs> and so I still don't I mean especially like the way I've written it it's not I mean, there's a reason it's not you can't find this code anywhere except <laughs> on my machine um but you know it was it was something practical to learn on and yeah. uh, probably like this data manipulation type stuff is 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 or at least the way I approach it is not ideal for rust but the end result is fast i mean yes like really fast like it will generate uh, uh an html page um in like you know like you hit return and essentially you're just waiting for the screen refresh not really the compute and wow. um you know coming from from the jvm like that that immediacy is is sort of not there right you, you yeah you, exactly java does jar some stuff and like you go downstairs you kind of get a coffee you come back <laughs> and you know like once it's heated up you know it's a diesel yeah, engine then, like then once it's heated up like it's <laughs> things are okay but um yeah but it kind of needs to get there and i exactly. i don't know like when i had the same experience by the way like i started using rip grab when i started using alacrity and yeah. I got this feeling that this is what computers should feel like these days because yeah. that's that's the perfect way to put it. <laughs> I think there there is like I don't know bazillion cores on my Mac and 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 like quad core machine and things take like forever. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. And 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 the same thing. Like we've gotten so much more resources where yeah. You know, like there's like I think we have six cores in my desktop now and like more yeah. I I I, I remember the days when you know I had a 20 megahertz x86 CPU with 20 <laughs> megs of RAM and like I felt that that machine had had more you know or was this as responsive let's put it like that as yeah yeah as by a machine right now and that, that just mm-hmm. doesn't make sense and then you use some of these well-designed rust programs and mm-hmm. you i don't know it feels like they've taken the shackles off you know that exactly and it's like oh yeah that, that's that's uh 
that's that's what that's what's possible and that's yeah. really what i mean these type of stories always intrigued me um there yeah. are some nice blog posts by dan lu on mm-hmm. where where he does latency tests um because he explores this entire idea of immediacy and he says like you know for human interaction latency is a lot more important than throughput yeah. um and so he said like why do old machines like the apple II feel more you know faster snappier. yeah and yeah. snappier and yeah. like, so he explores latency and like how our stack sort of accumulates latency because we've you know been optimizing for throughput for like 30 years um uh and i don't know so these themes always like resonated with me and like that's that was the trigger for me to sort of like i'm really gonna investigate rust because it um i it seems like it takes this attitude as a fundamental principle you know yeah. where uh where we're gonna really heavily optimize for performance um in contrast to languages like Ruby, where they clearly say we'll make it as fast as you know we can, but it's not the primary concern. You know, yeah, I think like, it's the trade-off different uh, designers make. I think, uh, right? I mean, like, and I'm also constrained by the by the platform because the stuff that is on JVM is constrained by JVM itself. Yes. So, yeah, I think languages like Ruby or Python or, or Rust uh, or Go um, or crystal or you know these things they're they're directly going to the native stuff so probably they have uh, less constraints in that sense but i mean the 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 speed is obviously one of the things and the second thing for for me is the uh, because i've always been in in uh, two different uh, types of languages playing with different things i'm pretty sure people say people when uh, when they say they're only working on one language I, i don't believe that anymore because I think all of us constantly switch between multiple languages from shell to JavaScript to HTML to, I don't know, uh, one of the backend languages. And it's, it's a, uh, you know, kind of a, everybody's a polyglot these days. So yeah. I, I usually switch between Python and Scala and Clojure. And um, Python and Clojure being uh, much more dynamic uh, compared to Scala. Um, and, and every year I, I go into this... Uh, uh, regular ritual of okay, this year is going to be the time when I'm going to learn more Haskell in terms of typed <laughs> stuff. And this year is usually, the year of Haskell on the desktop, right? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> the year of Haskell begins today. <laughs> that's it. it. Just that's it. <laughs> uh, so uh, I'm I'm always fascinated by the by the types uh, type programming, and then I, I follow Idris and those kind of mm. things. And the the fun part with Rust is that they have this static type system. Uh, that feels kind of sort of familiar for me because of my Scala experience and a bit of Java experience. So that's really interesting. And um, the other thing that uh, that I follow is called Data Fusion. Um, this is by Andy Grove, I think. Um, that is now part of uh, Apache Arrow project. Um, mm. This is the big data thing, the columnar computation. And uh, um, he wrote a very beautiful blog post or a very insightful blog post saying why rust is suited for better suited for uh, big data related things um so that the, I, I follow the project and okay now i have to i, I want to learn this thing because this excites me uh-huh. performance wise and um, type system wise and um it's it's a story of concurrency and and uh, that, that kind of things so that's that's the reason i i 
I started, okay, I, I have to try something out. Yeah. So I think this is the this is the beginning of our adventure, I would say, <laughs> to learn more about trust. And uh maybe to tie it back to what I said initially, where I strongly feel that Go has a sweet spot, like a very well defined sweet spot of what it when you should use it. And yeah. um you know, I think Rust has a much a uh, broader applicable range right like it 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 can do it's a systems language in the first place so it can do a lot of low level stuff but like you said ex- to the expressiveness of the type system makes it very well yeah. suited for big data processing as well which is a lot of data manipulation and yeah um and so i it, and it's it's an evolving platform, so to speak. So the language is still ra- being rapidly developed, and libraries are still um, appearing. Still early days. Everything is still fresh and new. But yeah. I, I I really feel that that Rust has um, you know much more potential in the sense like it could be used in a lot more areas effectively than I think Go can be used, for example. Um, yeah. And that's that's also a super interesting thing for me personally. So uh, I think so because I remember when uh, I think a few months ago, maybe a month ago, when you go to rustlang.org, it used to say build super fast systems uh, programming language or something like that. And then um, most recently, probably in the next, in, in the past uh, one or two months, the website has been changed to say much more. Like right now, it says a language empowering everyone to build reliable and efficient software. So that even as you said, um, it's not just for systems programming, but it is uh, anybody who wants to build uh, in terms of reliability, safety, and uh, all sorts of stuff, and also efficient. Uh, it's super fast, and so performance is going to be. Uh, you don't need to trade off the performance to reliability. Mm. So I think that they, yeah. Uh, your comment is right on the on the money um, that says like it's not just systems programming anymore it has a broader um, impact i think so I, let, let's see how far we uh, <laughs> we we get and um, so this is our first episode um, and we are uh, in touch with um, uh, very kind and um, amazing people in the rust community and we want to get them on the on the podcast and talk to them and learn from them um so i think this is episode number zero in the tradition of uh, counting in computers <laughs> yeah i think you know the quality of the podcast is definitely going to improve uh from here you know as <laughs> as you know as a direct function of how much somebody else speaks over over me um <laughs> and, and me <laughs> yeah and and this and this was like maybe like the second thing because we've talked about like uh, the the performance cast characteristics of rust but what yeah. i also find really interesting as an experiment is actually how the language is built and how it approaches community yes. and yeah. how everything is done in the open how much uh, focus is put on inclusivity um yeah. and how technical decisions are made in in an open source way um yeah. and this is very um rare for programming languages because 
effectively closure is the 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 child of rich hickey right it's it's <laughs> i mean i think closure closes over rich hickey <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> it's like so there is a closure there <laughs> so it it's it's really more of the benevolent dictator model um yeah. and go is very similar where there's the core team inside of google who design mm. this language to decide what goes and doesn't go uh, i mean pardon the pun and and <laughs> Um, and, you know, and that has a particular approach to community in there. Um, and I, I really liked the difference, the different approach that, that the Rust community has taken. And it's, it's another, you know, direct reason for me for wanting to do this podcast because, because of the importance of the community and even the core aspects of the language. I feel it's all the more, uh, you know, important to put the spotlight on, on on these people, and that's kind of hopefully what we can what we can do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I couldn't have uh, said it better. So I totally agree. I mean, it's a diverse community, and I've been looking at different people, and I've been on Discord talking to, uh, getting getting uh, help from, I don't know, <laughs> everybody around the on the internet, and and the kind of community that they're built and and the the whole language development process um it's um it's admirable so we we i think i'm i'm real super excited to talk to these people and um, bring them on and as you said Wouter, uh, put their uh, voice i mean I, this is our small contribution back to the community um to 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 put this uh, thing out there and then uh, hopefully this is uh, going to be something that uh, for the people who are listening to this going to be much more enjoyable as well. So I think uh, we can conclude the episode number zero at this, uh, which I think this is like a sort of introduction episode. Yep. And um, we will record an episode soon uh, with one of the prominent members of Rust community. And then we uh, get ready. <laughs> Yes, exactly. It's going to be the iterator and then that keeps giving us uh, next episodes. Indeed, onwards and upwards, right? Yes. So, that's it from us, I think, for episode number zero. Are we podcast yet? Uh, this is Vijay and uh, Wouter from... <laughs> and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Yes. <laughs> Bye-bye.